Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Megan Gilker, and welcome to the Fresh Exchange Podcast. Hi, friends. Welcome to the podcast today. I have been so busy in the garden. I have just been like prepping everything, finalizing everything. And I realized that by this Sunday, everything should be in the ground. And when I think about that, I'm like, oh, yes. Okay. That's a lot of work. I think there's like almost 200 plants. That's a lot of work. And I just like have been trying to remind myself of that. And so it actually feels very nice to sit down and to talk about this today with you because we're going to be talking about the top things that we considered when we were designing and building our coop, our chicken coop. Because I had the lovely experience of having my father, who is a licensed contractor, to design our chicken coop for us. He was one of those that knew how to draw schematically drawings for houses and everything. He did it all the time for his clients. So he was kind enough to do that for us. And then we thought, man, this really is so well thought out. And we didn't really see anything out there. And a lot of people started asking us for our plans. So those are actually now up in the shop available for purchase. If for some reason today, some of these things that we talk about are actually things that you're like, yeah, I want to do that too. My one recommendation is, is that you build a coop before your chickens come. (laughs) We made that mistake last year. It takes a while to build a coop this size, especially custom and all by hand. Now, if you're buying a kit and then kind of you know, adjusting it from there, um, you still want to consider a lot of these things that I'm suggesting but maybe plans aren't the right thing for you, but definitely listen to this. I also have a blog post today that is tied to all this that gives you a really good sense of, you know, 
a lot of the things that I'm talking about today. So if you are like listening to this and you're feeling like it's a lot of information, don't worry, I have a blog post for you <laughs> that really breaks it all down in a very digestible way. But if for some reason you just want to get in a good overview, this is the right podcast episode for you. So I know that there's a lot of other conversations we could be having right now about the garden and about energy and everything, but we've had so many questions about the coop and I know that there's a lot of new chicken owners and these are a lot of things that I kind of wish somebody had told me in the beginning because I think when we start something that's new to us, it feels really good to have somebody that kind of guides us in a way that's non-judgmental, but also gives like a good picture of like, this is the reality that I, <laughs> I saw and what I was thinking about. Because a lot of times like Pinterest kind of gives us a picture, especially when it comes to the chicken world. And I think Instagram does this too. It gives us this picture of a reality that isn't real. It's not that it doesn't happen, but it also isn't reality. Like chicken coops aren't clean. They are very disgusting, plain and simple. And there is a lot of unsexy, unbeautiful moments when you were raising any sort of animal. And I love the the romanticized version of it as somebody who is creative and imaginative. I love all that. But I also know as somebody doing it, that that isn't reality. And I don't wear nice dresses when I go out and I feed the chickens. Typically I'm in my grubby Patagonia shorts or my dirty Levi shorts in the summer. And then in the winter, I'm in full on like Carhartt suit, disgusting hat, my husband's disgusting puffer coat and that has chicken poop on it. Yes, literally. It is not something that I would say is for people who are anti-dirt. <laughs> it is very, very dirty. And I don't want to shy away from that conversation. Even when we clean the coop, we are in full on like mask and goggles and hat and overalls and everything because, and none of it comes in the house. It all stays outside. And especially because we have a small child who is still on the floor, eats things off the floor. Like it is just not sanitary. Like, let's just be honest. So anyways, all of that is what I'm saying is like, I am glad to be here in this position where showing the other side of it. There are people who love showing one side of it. I want to show the other reality to it because I, I'm somebody who likes that reality. It helps my like mental state like to believe like when i see something other people having these like beautiful moments that are beautiful i'm sure in those in that situation as somebody who's created those moments and does create those moments i know that they are beautiful but i also know there's a reality and i want everybody to always feel empowered and that empowerment comes from reality like without shame without judgment without anything because when something happens and it doesn't go to planned or it takes way longer than you thought it would, when you see the before and after, you're like, what? That didn't happen as quickly for me. Or that took a lot more money than I anticipated. Or, you know, I really didn't, don't like this. And I feel silly that I don't like it. And I'm here to tell you, like, that's okay. Like, <laughs> you can start something and not finish it. You can get into it and not like it. But my hope is, is that if I give you a solid picture, of the things to think about, the things to consider, 
then at least you're set up in a way where you're not surprised along the way. So that's my goal. We're talking about these tips and things to think through because I am not somebody who does that very well beforehand. And I am very thankful to have a husband who and partner who looks at me and is like, did we really consider all of the picture before we really got into this? And yeah, that's a good conversation between my friends and I. But anyways, I also have another podcast. If you missed it, that is a conversation with the two women who I talk all the time about chickens with. And if you want more real, honest realities and tips about chicken owning, definitely listen to that podcast as well. It is longer, but it is like three girlfriends hanging out, talking the realities of chicken rearing. So (laughs) it is very good. And these women have had a lot of experience. So I will link that in the show notes, as well as the blog posts that I wrote with this, as well as where you can purchase the plans if you would like them. Like I said, my father, who is a contractor, he licensed and everything. He hand drew these plans and we have a materialist. There are not instructions, but the guy, the, the idea is, is that the plans will really guide you into how to build it. Um, but as always, we're here to help, you know, if you purchase them and you need some help, just let us know. So we are willing to give our advice. So all that to say, let's jump in because there's a lot to think about but I want to break it down for you in a really nice way today. And so you don't feel overwhelmed, (laughs) but first of all, we'll just kind of go through some of the key parts. So if you're a newbie to chicken owning and this is like, oh my gosh, what do I actually need for chickens when I'm talking about this? So you need a few things. You need the coop. This is where the chickens are housed, where they live, where they sleep, where they eat, where they lay their eggs. That's the most important part. You definitely need that. It protects them from predators. They need this space protects them from the elements. Then you need a run and not everybody does this, especially if a smaller flock, like I said, you need like four to six, at least chickens. You do not have to have a rooster. That is something that's in another blog post all about backyard chickens, which is also linked in the show notes. But the run is not necessarily something you have to have, but if you have chickens, I really suggest having one because one, it protects them from predators while grazing and you can free range them still, but you definitely might want to have this if you have a large garden or things like that, because the chickens will want into it and they will find a way into it. <laughs> so it is definitely a good idea to have one. The other thing you'll want is a ladder or ramp if your coop is raised so they can get in and out very easily. They need a place to bathe dust bathe. Even in the winter, it's essential for them to maintain a dust bathing routine so that they do not get parasites and things like that. You'll also need a door going in and out. And I suggest getting an automatic door. We, I am not sponsored to say this. We purchased it and they have no affiliation with us, but omelet is the door that we use. And we really suggest their door. It's wonderful. It's light sensitive. Like there's so many positives to it. I could go on and on. And then you definitely need nesting boxes. The rule of thumb basically is like four boxes or one box for every four chickens. So we have 13 chickens, but have four boxes so that we do have a little bit of space to have more, but I've actually found that they use all of them. So I don't think it's a bad thing. You also need a roosting bar, which is going to be at the same level as your nesting boxes. So there's no like hierarchy issue, like literal, like high hierarchy. Like 
it does happen in the pecking order. So you want everybody to kind of be at the same level and know that underneath that area, you're going to get the most amount of poop. Like we're talking like piles. Okay. So you're going to want to make sure that you have a lot of bedding, which that will be another conversation we can have down the road, but you're going to want a lot of good bedding underneath that roosting bar. And then you need a good storage area. And this for us and our plans, I put this into the coop itself. So like there's a room for storage and then a coop, like actually where the chickens live and they're separated areas because I wanted to be able to like midwinter, be able to do all of that in one area and not like hauling it from the garage down there. It just makes it a lot easier and enjoyable. So I it go, I go through that a little more in the blog post if you're kind of curious about that and I'm happy to answer questions, but I specifically made this in the design in our coop because I wanted that. We also store other things like additional bedding, their food, um, ACV for their water to keep them healthy. Um, there are so many things in there. <laughs> there are all our garden tools in there too. So we have them hung on the walls. So one day I'll give you a little coop tour, but it gives you a good idea of like, those are the main pieces that you really need. Everything else is a little bit optional, but those are the basics. Okay. For like the moving parts of a coop. Um, so the biggest thing that we have to consider though, when we're designing a coop beyond just the aesthetics of it, sure. The aesthetics are wonderful on Pinterest to look at and thinking about colors and, you know, the plantings outside. That's all the wallpaper. <laughs> if you really want a great, great coop, you got to think about your predator situation because there is nothing that doesn't want to eat your chickens. You just have to start there. Like you cannot believe that even the your cat or your dog won't eat these chickens. They are prime food. They are about as prime as a mouse or a rabbit for a coyote or dog, anything like that. They are so susceptible to predators and they will get in. They will find a way in. Your job is to think about everything to not let them in. And if they still get in at that point, then they probably were meant to get in. So <laughs> that's kind of my theory. But we designed our coop with all these things in mind, specifically for it to be like Fort Knox. And I can say we live on 15 acres and we are now a year into having chickens and we have yet to lose one. I bought extra chickens expecting we would lose one. We have yet to lose one, knock on wood. But I am still surprised. And I think it's because we thought through so many things. So I'm just going to run through those because I think they're really important. So a couple of them are you want, and like I said, an automatic door, what this does. And like I said, I suggest omelet. It's really great. Like seriously, I can't suggest it enough. Um, but it, it, it makes a little ticking sound. It is a really gentle closer. I found a lot of them were like metal slide doors that kind of freaked me out. Like it would cut the chicken or something, but these are really gentle and actually has a video on the website where it can show you like that it like has a balloon and it doesn't pop kind of thing, but it makes a little ticking sound. And it's also indicated by the light, which is great for the chickens. So it's a really natural situation. Many times when we go out to check on the chickens at night, which we don't even have to anymore, they are, they've been in there for like way before the door closed. And that's a good thing because it means that they know the routine and that the door is set at the right light meters and things like that. Um, 
You also want to, one of the things that I thought was brilliant that I saw a couple of people do on Pinterest, you can Google this if you're interested, but is running your fencing for your run all the way into the ground into cement. Like our fencing goes a foot into the ground poured into cement. So like if a coyote even attempted to like dig under that fencing, there's no way like they would have to dig through like five inches of concrete and then dig underneath that. Like they would have to go almost two feet underground in order to even start getting underneath. And there's way too many things that are much easier to get. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. So I think if that coyote got in there, it'd be pretty rare and it'd be pretty crazy. So that's one thing to really think about. You just want to eliminate any possibility of them getting in there. And you also want to make sure that there's no space underneath the coop, because if your coop is raised and if it's on the ground floor, make sure it's on like a cement pad or something where the chickens can't get dug into underneath the wall of the coop. Like I'm very serious. Like these animals will dig If you are not used to predators, they are very interested in getting into those chickens because they're easy food once they get them. And then we like to keep, we have a roof or you can also do a netting over the top if you would like, if that's easier or more cost-effective, but placing some sort of roof system over the top is really good to keep over their run, particularly like, of course you have one on the coop, but over the run, because when we have like eagles and hawks and vultures and all these things. And they will come in, swoop and get those hens. And you also like, if there are bobcats, cougars, anything like that, they will also get in there. Foxes are less likely. Um, maybe a raccoon, maybe some rats, maybe weasels. Uh, you definitely want to think about that. And you can also, some of my friends have troubled with trouble with weasels. They've put like tighter chicken, fencing around the very, very bottom of the run, like a foot up, uh, and then done larger, uh, gauged steel fencing, welded fencing above. But, um, yeah, that's kind of ways to keep the run safe because they will get in there. And then lastly, you want to eliminate as many exterior to the run doors as possible. So like, for instance, even if for some reason, the door to our run opened in the middle of the night, which would be pretty rare because it's got like one of those like latches on it. Um, it, I guess it could happen, but the, that predator would have to be in our garden and then they would have to get into the coop. So it's pretty dense. Like, like I said, like this is like Fort Knox and there's no way for them to get under the coop because there's boards that go down like a foot on either side. And yeah, like seriously, there's so many things that I thought about because I was like, because I was like, I don't want anything getting in here really. So these chickens should be pretty safe. The next thing you're going to want to think about is where you live weather-wise. So I talk about this in the Backyard Chicken Post and some in our podcast that we did but a while back, but it isn't just about choosing your hens properly, like for weather, but you also are going to want to consider setting up your coop correctly. Some of the things that we've done, considering we can get down to like negative 10, negative 15, sometimes even negative 20 with wind chill in the middle of the winter is we 
first of all, we don't heat our coop, but we do because it is dangerous and completely unnecessary because chickens are reptiles. Basically they are descendants of a T-Rex. So they, they regulate their heat differently than like you and I would. So they, a cold hardy bird does not need a heated coop. Okay. So you got to like eliminate that deep bedding methods, things like that, which we'll talk about when we click closer to fall are much better for them. And they don't, it's, it's just safer for them. You're more likely to actually burn down the coop with a heat heating system than you are for them to die of, you know, the cold. So those are just some things to think about. But the one thing you do have to think about is their water because they need more water in the winter because of how much energy is being exerted in order to stay warm. So you have to have a heated watering system, which you can find on Amazon or at uh, farm and fleet or like anything like that. There's lots of things, but we just run an extension cord from our house to the coop during the winter months. And once it gets above freezing at night, we, um, take it all out. We don't use it. You can also put a light in there if you like, but not necessary. Uh, next you definitely have to think about your water access because though in warmer places, you do need a lot of water and you can use things like water, like uh, rain barrels, things like that. You also like, I can just tell you from personal experience when it's 10 degrees outside and you have to bring water to your chickens and you're holding water it is the most uncomfortable thing in the world to spill water on yourself. I'm just going to tell you that and let you like finish closing the gap on that whole picture. But you definitely like want to think about how you're getting water in the winter, particularly to your chickens. And you're going to need to clean that thing. I'm telling you, it's it can be tricky. <laughs> so then that said, the other thing, instead of heating your chickens, you will need to insulate that coop. And insulating does not mean that it's like completely sealed, like, cause you actually want ventilation and airflow, but you want to keep heat in and keep it cool at the same time. So whether you live in a warm spot or a cold spot, you definitely want that. And it'll keep, also protect them from the wind as well. Speaking of wind and ventilation, that's the other thing you need. You can do this with windows. We have two windows and that leads to the next one as well, but I'll finish this. The It creates a nice airflow, which in the winter months allows for them not to get frostbit and things like that. Like there's so many advantages to ventilation and you can also just put vents in the top eaves of like, or peaks of the coop as well. That's another option if you don't have enough room for windows. Then, like I said, those windows also provide natural light, which is necessary to regulate the chicken's egg cycles or waking cycles, things like that. And though you might have like the coop door, if you have a smaller coop, that is probably enough for natural light. But if it's anywhere larger than like a coop that houses four to six chickens, you definitely want to consider some other source of natural light. It is not, does not have to be a window that opens, just something to let in that light to help them. I'm not a believer in, um, giving the chickens a light either for them to lay through the winter. I believe in the natural cycle. I don't like forcing them. I don't have them solely for eggs. I have them to work in my garden too. So the eggs are a benefit, not why they exist to me. So, but that's a personal decision, I guess. Finally, the thing that I think so many people don't think about 
Because we're thinking about the chicken so much, we forget to think about how do we make this enjoyable as a caretaker. Because, and I learned this being a parent, (laughs) I think, because when I had my first child, it was more about like, what can I do to make his life simple? And that is really important, but, and extremely important, but it's also like, how do I make this enjoyable for me? Like, what are the things like, it's kind of like putting that oxygen mask on for yourself before you put it on somebody else. Like, it may sound silly, but chickens take a lot of work. Like they are, they're as easy as dogs, I would say, but they, they still, they still are so, they they need a lot of attention, like more than I anticipated. I will say that. And like, it takes daily stuff and we can leave them, I would say for two, maybe three nights max. After that, we need either somebody to care for them, like come over and give, put food in, check on their water, all of that. Or like they will be very upset and chickens can't go 24 hours without water. So we have to make sure that they have care, you know? So there's all these things they need. They also like are pretty aggressive towards each other if they don't get the things they need. And a lot of things can happen. So that said, you want to make sure that your maintenance routines are easy. And some of these things sound crazy, but it, I thought through all of these things before we started designing because I did so much research. Like this is literally one of the first times I've thought through so many things, which sounds funny, but it is. So first of all, you're going to have to clean that coop at least two times a year. It is disgusting. It is absolutely one of the worst things you will possibly do in your life. Really? I, I don't want to shy away from the realities of it. Mike's done it and I have done it once. I'm probably next to do it. So, but we both thought about how do we make this enjoyable? First of all, it's nice to be able to stand up in your coop when you're cleaning something out. Secondly, you're going to want ventilation when you're cleaning that thing out. There's a lot of dust. There's a lot of smells. And then you're going to have to spread things that are dusty. And this is why I suggest wearing a mask. But I made it so that we could open the screen door. We could, we have two full-size doors. We can bring a wheelbarrow in there. We can easily shovel everything into the wheelbarrow and then move it to the back where we compost it. That easy. And there is a hose. There is everything accessible to us. It makes it very simple and it is nice to stand up. That's what I'm going to say. Secondly, I did, we spend six months out of the year in snow, rain, cold. So thinking about gathering eggs every single day, cause you want to, so that the hens don't get, can, it's more likely to make them broody, things like that. So anyways, we, we designed it so that we could, it was the only, I, I didn't find any designs, anything that had gathering eggs inside the coop because I don't want to be standing out there in the rain in the cold when I'm gathering eggs, taking care of my chickens, doing all these things. Like I wanted to be able to go inside of this spot, even though it is not warm in the middle of the winter, it's at least out of the elements. And when you have 13 chickens, you have to spend, you know, a good couple minutes gathering the eggs, checking the chickens, looking at them. And it's really nice to be able to walk in, shut the door be out of a blizzard, gather my eggs, you know, give them some food, check on them, make sure they're doing okay. And 
then walk back out and be done. You know, and all the ones I found, you were grabbing the eggs outside. And I was like, that does not sound exciting. (laughs) That does not sound enjoyable. So thus our nesting boxes are inside. You can see photos in the blog post of what we mean by that. Finally, like having a storage area with everything you need. I mean, you have an unbelievable amount of things that you're going to need. You're going to need a trash can for like all your food because you want to make sure that mice can't get to it because they will. It's like their favorite thing is chicken food. And then you're going to have all the bedding that you're going to want to store for the winter. Like we have four things of pine shavings all winter long. And because two of them need to be added every other week because of the amount of poop in there and we do deep bedding. So you still have to have all that bedding available to them. So, and you're not going to want to go to the store every week or so really, at least we don't do that very often. So then you need other things like diametaceous earth to keep down the parasites, the ACV to help keep them healthy and so on. Having that space is incredibly nice. And that's why I designed it that way. So then finally you need a space. And this surprised me. This was one of the things I did not think about when I wish I had beforehand, but you have to have an area to isolate birds. And this sounds funny, but I think our our concept of isolation is like much more common now after um, being in a pandemic, but you isolate a bird just like you do yourself if you're sick, like you need to isolate birds for various reasons. Maybe they get hurt. Maybe they're broody. Maybe they had a prolapse. Maybe they're constipated. Maybe they have an egg that's stuck. Maybe they're coughing. Like literally there could be a, or maybe they're too dominant. Maybe they're hurting other hens. All these reasons are reasons you might have to isolate a bird, which means you need to keep them close to the rest of the flock so that they can hear them because their safety relies upon the the coop and the flock. So you want to keep them close if you can, so that they can hear everyone, but you have to keep them out of the other rest of the flock. So you have to have this space. Thus why I designed the coop the way I did. Um, cause we can fit a huge rubber side, a rubber made container in there. And it's a very safe, comfortable spot for the bird to be. And they're isolated. They have room to roam and everything inside of the coop and they're very happy. So it's something to really consider because it does happen. I think we've isolated our birds, a different bird, four different times. If that gives you any other idea of like how many times it's happened in a year, like it's, it's pretty common. All of that to say, there are many ways you can design a coop. There are many plans out there. And if this is something that you're interested in, we have these plans that basically take all this into consideration. If you don't need a coop this size, obviously like this is how it was really planned for like 10 to 15 birds, which is a pretty common backyard size. The coop itself is basically an eight by 12 shed more or less, but we attached a run, some specific doors, things like that in our process. And I have all the details of the materials we used specifically, as well as the paint color, all of that in the blog post. If you're interested, you can head to the shop to download the plans for $10 and then you can get going. It will take time. It took us about two and a half months 
of working every weekend on it. And we had to like level the site, like dig all the form. It was a ton of work, but I will say now that it's done, that thing has paid for itself. It is the Taj Mahal, Fort Knox of chicken coops. We call it Dollywood after our queen chicken, Dolly. So she (laughs) is definitely the queen. So anyways, I hope that this is super helpful. If you're thinking about starting a flock, starting your chickens, getting chickens, whether you use our plans or other plans or purchase a kit, whatever you do, just make sure you take these things into consideration. Like they will really help you in having a successful coop and an enjoyable experience as a chicken owner. That's my hope whenever I share this information. It's just an offering as people have asked us that for these plans, if that's of interest, it's there. So a little housekeeping before we get off this month, we are opening our community back up. So don't forget about that. The first week of summer, you have an opportunity to join our community, which is really exciting. It's $160 for the year or $50 for a season, which is three months of wonderful help, judgment-free question asking, tons of free events. We have a lot of enjoyable time together. And if you're growing a garden of any size, if you if you are starting a flock of chickens, if you're getting a small farm, any of these things, we all are in different places and we all have different knowledge to bring. So it is an exciting community. I love doing it. I love it more than Instagram. It is just such a positive and wonderful space to be. And we hope you join us. The more the merrier. And if you want to sign up, the information is in the show notes and you can click there. Until then, next week, we will be talking about tomatoes. Yes, they are in the ground probably now. There are many issues that are about to arise if they have not arisen already. So I'm going to sit down. I'm going to give you some of my top tips. We are going to discuss tomatoes on a high level next week. And then we have many other great podcasts coming up this week, this month. I hope to see you guys. Until then, I'll see you out there. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 